Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you have decided to join us. Beating the storm this morning, right? Beating the storm. A couple of announcements to share with you. Uh, first of all, we have a couple. I'm actually looking. I don't know if I see that. Oh, they're still downstairs. Well, you'll see a couple, a couple uh, kiddos dressed in their Boy Scout uniforms. Today's Boy Scout Sunday, so uh, with their troop numbers and everything on that. So if you see them dressed up, that is why. Um, with the storm coming tonight, uh, prayer meeting is canceled. Uh, the youth group trip to the concert is also canceled. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to speak to Pastor Bob or myself. 12 months of serving next week is going to God's Puzzle Pieces. Uh, if you have any interest in helping out with that, please see uh, Tim Pritchard, Jan Hoffner, Melissa McGruther, and they can point you to who. Up here they come in their uniforms there. You're supposed to march in together, I think, right? March in together. Left, right. <laughs> Would you pray with me as we begin our service this morning? Gracious Father, we are so thankful. Father, for another day, another day to be together as a part of the family of God. Lord, your love for us, it knows no limits. Father, it's more than we can understand, comprehend, and we are so thankful for that. Lord, we ask this morning, Father, that you speak to the deepest parts of our souls. Father, through the music and, and the, the corporate prayer, Father, through, through the teaching of your word, Father, may we all grow together, Father, in, in getting to know you more. Father, help us to take what we learn today, what you say to us today, Father, and share it with this world. In Jesus' name we pray.
Let's take a few moments to stand up, step out, turn around, welcome those around you to our service this morning. You could continue to stand with us this morning and we sing alive in you. Yeah. 
God created by human hands. You are not a God trust him when the mountains don't move and when our situations don't turn out the way that we think that they should because we know who sits on the throne we know who is God Oh 
says you are my strength and comfort my steady hand you are my firm foundation the rock on which I stand your ways are always higher and your plans are always good there's not a place where I'll go you've not already stood isn't it amazing to be able to trust in that to know that God knows every day before it even happens and he's always working for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. Great singing. You may sit down. I'm going to refer to your prayer sheet in your bulletins if you want to look at that with me. Um, continue to pray for Sue Miller. Uh, she was able to be here in our choir this morning. Um, continue to pray for her healing as well as uh, Nancy's uh, therapy that all of those things might, might go well. Uh, pray also for Joe Booker. Uh, Dave and Kim are down there now as, as we speak. Uh, visiting ba Dave's brother, uh, who's not doing well. So uh, you do pray for that situation 
And then we just learned this morning that Dale Wagner's father uh, passed away uh, just recently, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and 13 days later, um, he was taken from us. And so uh, pray for Dale and his family. The uh, funeral's tomorrow, and so we want to keep uh, Dale Wagner in our prayers as well. Father, again, we come before your throne on which you sit. Lord, as we have learned in these songs and been reminded, Lord, you are in control. Father, you do sit and rule and reign as no other. And yet sometimes, Lord, things come into our lives that we call accidents. Uh, we are not sure why. Uh, we question. And yet, Lord, you've called us to trust you. You've called us to put our faith in you. You've called us, Lord, to come before your throne and rejoice always. And Paul said again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the good, rejoice in the bad. Because, Lord, you control all things. Father, I thank you that you are a sovereign omnipotent God, that, Father, nothing happens to your children except that it goes through your hands first. Father, we don't always understand all those things, but we find comfort in knowing who you are. Father, we do pray for those who are suffering at this time. We, we lift before you the Wagner family. We think of Dale's mother, that, Lord, you would give her a double portion of your grace during this time of loss. And Dale and family, Lord, we pray that tomorrow, as difficult as the day may be, that you would comfort in this time of need. Father, we also think of Sue Miller. We're thankful, Lord, that she can be with us this morning join our choir. We pray for complete healing, Lord, in your timing. Give her strength. Don't let her become discouraged in these days. And for Nancy as well, Lord, we are so grateful that she can sit here and worship with us this Lord's Day. Father, we know that there's been a, 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 a difficulty also in the uh, blowing down of some type of feeding system there on the farm. Lord, it appears sometimes in families when it rains, it pours. But give them hope. Give them the ability to trust you each day at a time. Father, I think too of Joe Booker. Father, we know... Humanly speaking, Lord, his days are numbered. We know that. We pray for Dave, especially I know how hard he is taking this situation in his own life. 
I pray, Lord, that you would comfort Dave, give them a safe trip, help them to have a nice time there with his brother. But we do pray that you would touch the body of Joe. Lord, we know that you are able. The Bible says nothing is impossible with God. And so we ask, Lord, that you might touch him and raise him up. Do above and beyond what we could imagine even now. Pray that you bring Dave and Kim back safely with us. Let's pray that the time they spend with Joe this weekend, Lord, might be a profitable one. Father, we thank you for the time you've given us this morning. This is the time during the week when we come together as the body of Christ. Father, that's who we are. We're united together. We have the same faith, the same hope, the same trust, the same Holy Spirit who indwells us and lives through us. Lord, I pray that you would help us as your children, help us to grow. Father, as we continue to look at the book of James, Lord, whose speech speaks so practical. Father, I pray that these things that we're learning, Lord, might be applied to each of us. Because, Lord, we do want to grow. We do want to become more like your son, day by day. Lord, it's not an overnight process. It's a lifelong process. And so little by little, Lord, we, we grow. Help us to grow today as we open your word and we share your very words written in scripture. Again, Father, I pray that you might remove the distractions. Lord, we know that we bring baggage with us to services such as these. Our minds, they begin to wonder. We think about this and we think about that. And Satan is very active, Lord, in distracting and removing our focus from the things that are before us. So hold back his hand and help us, Lord, to have minds focused on you. We thank you for the salvation which is ours through Christ. In Jesus alone, Lord, we find hope. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. 448. Stand with me if you would, please. And Leonard's going to come and lead us in this hymn together. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. 
I hold in my hand a DVD. And on this DVD, I have recorded your life beginning today all the way through your death. On this DVD are all your ups and all your downs throughout the rest of your life. It records every time you will be sick, every time you will be hospitalized. It also records the days you are healthy and you're strong. It records the births that take place within your families, but also the deaths. Everything is recorded. If that was true, would you watch this? You know, it was Augustine who said, God was wise in his decision to veil the future from our eyes. W.A. Criswell, he observed, if man knew what tomorrow would bring, he would live in constant fear. We're in the book of James this morning, James chapter 4. And the readers of this book, this letter, they thought they knew the future. They presumed upon a future that they could not control. They planned their future without taking God into consideration. We might say this church in Jerusalem that James pastored, they were practical atheists. What is an atheist? An atheist is someone who does not believe in God. The Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. A practical atheist is someone who believes in God, but doesn't live as though God exists. They live for themselves and have no regard for the Almighty. These readers were practical atheists. They believed God in God, but they didn't live as though God existed. There was a song back in 1977 written by Fleetwood Mac, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. And it goes like this. Are we up? We are? We're back there. We're not down here. <laughs> I know, that's one of those little emojis, right? Because guys, Dylan just did this. <laughs> anyway, Fleetwood back, Mac, back in 1977, wrote this song, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. Don't stop, it'll soon be here. It'll be better than before. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Now, in all of uh, these secular songs, there's always that little bit of truth. Um, so it says, tomorrow will soon be here. Well, that's true, is it not? Tomorrow will soon be here. You know, someone said there's a, a difference between 
the young and the old. The young say, I can't wait for tomorrow. The old say, is it tomorrow already? But it's also true, yesterday's gone. It can't be repeated. Yesterday is gone. But the statement that says tomorrow will be better than before, who knows that? We might hope it is. We might hope that tomorrow is better, but you can't make those predictions. We might hope tomorrow brings hope and joy and peace, but only God knows that. We don't know what happens tomorrow. We don't know what happens in our future. This is the point. God knows and God controls our futures. Therefore, we must let him lead and guide us into our tomorrows. We must follow him and not rush before him, as were the readers of James. So if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4. And let me read verse 13. James says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, and we'll carry on business, and we'll make money. So here are a bunch of businessmen, merchants, traders, if you will, who are very deliberate very self-confident as planners. They have planned out now for their, for, for the, in their lives the next year. It's a very detailed plan, a very meticulous plan. The plan goes like this. We're going to go, we're going to spend, we will trade, and we will make money. It's all planned out. The place is this or that city. The period of time is a year. Their purpose is to carry on business, and they're going to make a profit to put money in their pockets. The tone of James's voice in verse 13 as he begins, Now listen, you who say. James is very concerned about these plans. Now listen, you who say. He's not anti-capitalism. He's not saying that to desire a prophet is wrong. James isn't even saying that planning in itself is wrong. The Bible's not against planning. The Bible's not against making money. But these businessmen are guilty of practical atheism. They believed in God. They just didn't plan their futures, bringing God into the picture. They lived as though God did not exist. We will do this. Do you see the words? We're not looking for God's will in this. We will do this. They don't include God. They don't seek God's will. They believe that they have their destinies, their futures in their own hands. Are you a planner? 
Are you a planner? My wife and I, in a few weeks, will be headed off to Williamsburg. I know, again. It's surprising, right? We're going back. But one of the first things we do when we get there is we go to the visitor center. And there in the visitor center, there's a desk. And we always go there first because they have daily itineraries. And so we'll get one of those for every day that we're there. And on that itinerary are listed all the events for the day. And we will take out our pens and our pencils and we'll circle this one and we'll underline this one and we'll check this one. This is what we want to do on Monday. These are the things we want to do on Tuesday and on Wednesday and Thursday. Someone said if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. But someone else said if you fail to seek God's will, your plans, they will fail. Planning's a good thing, as long as God is in it. The mistake that was made here is they were leaving God out of their plans. We will do this. We will go. We will spend. We will trade, and we will make money. Where's God in all of that? Not wrong to plan, but don't plan your future without God. God must be included. Look at verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanish. The second point is this. Don't presume to know the future. Don't presume to know the future. They planned a year out. And James says, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't you love weather forecasters? <laughs> they think they know what's going to happen next week. They can't plan what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, it does look as though we're going to get a little bit of snow today. <laughs> At least that's what they're telling us. But sometimes they make mistakes. I just did my, had my taxes done last week. Oh, that's always a great day, isn't it? Go in there and sit there and go through all of those figures. And what I always do, though, is when I'm at the end of that session, make an appointment for the following year. That's what I did last year. But this year came, and I looked on my calendar. There's the appointment that I made a year earlier. Oh, no, I got something else going on on that day. How in the world do we plan a year out? But that's what these guys were doing. They were planning a whole year ahead. And James says, what is your life? You don't know if you're even going to wake up tomorrow. There was so much uncertainty so much uncertainty in our futures. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 27, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day may bring. We don't know what tomorrow might bring. You know, I always like to turn to the words of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 12. And by the way, just because these 
words of Jesus are in red doesn't mean they're more important than the rest of Scripture. Um, all of God's word, right, is God breathed. So all of Scripture is, comes from God. And yet it is, they are the words of Jesus. So let's, let's look at Luke chapter 12 and see what he has to say about trying to plan your future. Uh, this man comes to Jesus one day and um, Jesus then says to him at the end of 15, life, it doesn't consist in the abundance of your possessions. We know that. Life doesn't consist, consist of the things we have. And then he tells this parable in verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? Okay, it's just almost just like the readers of James. The businessmen said, what will we do? Here's a man who says, what will I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many, many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Fool, Jesus calls this man. That's a strong word. I quoted that verse in Psalm chapter 14. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. This man thought he could plan his future, that his future was in his hands, in his control. Here's a man who had a great crop, an abundant harvest. And rather than do what some of you do, because I know you do, you plant more than what you can use in your own family because you give it away. And that's a great thing. This guy, however, he decides, I'm not giving anything away. I'm going to keep it. But I don't know where to put it. I don't have the storage. I don't have the barns. So here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my little barns, and I'll build these great big barns so I can put all the grain in these barns. Now I have grain for year after year after year after year. I can sit in my lazy boy and just relax and eat, drink, and be merry. And God says, you fool for trying to plan your future, for, for trying to think, that, or to think that, that you control your future. You fool for this very night is demanded of you. You won't even see the sun as it comes up in the morning. You see, here was one who had no place for God. Maybe he believed in God, but he didn't live as though he believed in God. He lived as though God didn't even exist. I will do this, and I will do that, and I will build my barns, and I will eat, drink, and be merry. No place for God in his plans. And God said, you won't see the light of day. And all of 
your possessions, everything you have will be given to somebody else. And then James goes on to say after speaking about tomorrow, not knowing what that may bring, he calls the readers a mist. <laughs> what a name. How would you like to be called a mist? All you are is a mist. But we are. Are we not? That's exactly what we are. We're just a vapor. We're just a puff of smoke, like breath on a cold day. Of course, he's speaking about the time frame of life. And our lives are so short in comparison to eternity that we're said to be a mist. We're here one moment, we're gone the next. You know, sometimes we think life is so long, we measure it in years. And yet when we compare life to eternity, life is simply poof. And since it's so brief, and that's what James is saying, life is very, very brief, we can't afford to not factor God into our plans. We must bring God into our plans because life is so short. You know, there's a play on words here. Uh, James says uh, we're like a mist. It, it, we appear and then we disappear. You know, in our English two words, appear and disappear, it actually sounds similar, appear, disappear. In the Greek language, the two words for appear and disappear also sound very similar. And one commentary suggested that the fact that they are very similar is deliberate, and it presses uh, upon the readers the transitoriness, in other words, the temporary nature of life, that we're here one minute and we're gone the next. That the time between birth and death, really, in comparison to eternity, is quite brief. The Bible's full of metaphors regarding the brevity of life. Our days are like a shadow. Life is like a breath. Our days are swifter than a runner. And then I came across this poem. When I was a child, I laughed and wept. Time crept. When as a youth, I dreamed and talked. Time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still, I grew. Time flew. Soon I shall find in passing on time gone. Life is brief. Life is brief. And we have no sure knowledge of tomorrow. Why, we don't even know if we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Our futures are so uncertain. But we do know this. We know that God knows we know that God knows, and our lives are in the hands of an omniscient God, an all-knowing God. God knows every day what it will bring. 
Therefore, since he is in control of our tomorrows, and God says, listen, I got this. You're in my hands. There's a song, and we're going to close with this this morning. It says, I've got the whole world in my hands. Since that is true, we need to follow God and let him guide us into our futures. There's a word that theologians use. It's the word providence. And we had a, a great video this morning by Dr. Jeremiah on the sovereignty of God. And it reminded me of, of, of what I was reading this week. James here is concerned with what theologians call providence. The term comes from two Latin words, pro and vider, meaning to look ahead and thus to plan in advance and finally to carry out that plan. And since the agent of providence is an all-knowing and all-powerful God whom nothing and no one can resist, literally everything is included in his plan. There is no cause other than God. His wisdom is the reason for everything, and his power the means by which everything is carried out. There are no accidents. There are no flukes, no maverick molecules, no loose ends. There is no neutral ground in this universe. C.S. Lewis says, Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God. Now, if you have trouble with this assertion, I suggest you simply read the scriptures and let them make their own impression on you. And then he says, take, for example, Psalm 139 and David's insistence that everything about him has been worked out in God's mind long before it was worked into his DNA. You'll find that the writers express the thought of God's sovereignty repeatedly and incisively, but the assurance with which we express it or simply assume it should have an even more convincing effect. God is sovereign, and God does know our futures and therefore we need to allow God to take us into the future known to him we must not plan the future without God neither can we presume to know the future God does and so we allow him to take us there but after James shows these businessmen how foolish they are, what they're not supposed to do, he now shows them what they should do, which brings us to point number three. Look at verse 15. But instead, okay, here's the don'ts. Don't do this. Don't plan your future without God. Don't presume the future. But instead, here's what you ought to say. If it is the Lord's will... We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. 
So James now concludes this section by saying our future plans must include God. Our future plans, they must include God. We as believers in Christ, we cannot live independently of God. But sometimes we do. Sometimes we're just like the readers of James. We become practical atheists. We believe in God, but we live as though he doesn't even exist. But our plans cannot ignore him. How foolish it is to think that we can go through life without God. No, James says instead, here's what you need to say. If it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. So your old rusty car in the garage that has 320,000 miles on it, you're tar- starting to think and wonder, do I need something new? God, do I need a new car? God, what is your will right now for me? starting to think about girls. You're starting to do a little dating. Now, God, I, I, do, I don't know. Is this, is this the girl that I should be dating right now? Or even later on, God, is this, is this the man that is to be my future husband? See, God already knows. You're just trying to figure out what God's will is for you. Starting to have some trouble at work, and looks like maybe a new job is in your future. Do you come before God and bring that before Him? God, I don't want to make a mistake in this. I want to know your will. College is in your future. Where do I go? This school over here, this school over here. You see what? we do when we begin to move forward is we bring God into the picture. We get on our knees and we ask God, what is your will in this matter? What do you, God, want for me to do? And we pray over it. And we pray over it. And we pray over it. And God gives wisdom. God gives insight. God moves in that mysterious way through the still small voice, through the scriptures, through, through, through biblical counseling, through circumstances. There are a lot of ways that we can figure out God's will, but we need to look for it and seek it. And God said, if you seek it, you will find it. You know, one day I was down at Johns Hopkins, and this is before the GPSs. And I don't know if you've ever been there or down in Baltimore, but oh my, that's a crazy place to find. But I, I found it in a reasonable amount of time. But do you think I could leave the hospital and get outside of the city? I bet I spent a half an hour just going up and down the same streets. Isn't GPS a wonderful thing? Especially when you're like me and you have no sense of direction. 
I mean none at all. It's just something I think in our family that happens where, where you know, I, I, I literally have gotten to the place when I'm in a, an area where I'm not sure where I am and my gut says go right, I always go left. <laughs> I never, ever follow my gut anymore. I can't do it because I'm 90% wrong. I might as well go with what I don't think because I probably will get there much quicker. But having a GPS, oh my, what a wonder. You know, God is like a GPS. He knows where life is going for us. We're on this journey. We don't know where it's going. We don't know our futures. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. But God does. How foolish of us to think that we can go it alone. Why not go with God? And allow God to take us where we need to go. If he already knows that as a sovereign God. And has already ordained all things to come to pass. Why would we not want to take his hand. And just go wherever he takes us. Allow him to guide us into our futures. But James says it's not just foolish. If we don't do that. It's not just foolish. James calls it evil. And he goes on to say in verse 17, it is sinful to be a practical atheist, to take matters into your own hands and plan your futures without God, to not say, God, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to be with? It's sinful to not include God. Because he says, he says, first of all, you boast in your arrogant schemes and your boasting is evil. When you think you can go it alone, as this farmer back when he was you know, tearing down the barns and building the bigger barns, that's evil to think that I will do this. But he goes on to say in verse 17, if you know the good that ought to be done and you don't do it, it becomes sinful. To head into your future without God is a sin. It's a sin. Now, when, when, when James says we ought to say, if the Lord wills, that's not just a statement on believers' lips. It's not just something we say at the end of a prayer. You know, if your will, if this is your will, God. But what James is saying here, it's, we should, it should be a constant recognition of the one who has absolute authority and control of all life. We need to recognize that, that God has control of life. It is the constant attitude of our minds and the genuine desire of our hearts that God alone controls the future. And therefore, we submit our plans and we submit our lives to the Lordship of Christ. You know, whether we recognize it or not, we will do this or that. Only if the Lord wills. Isn't that true? I mean, we, whether we recognize it or not, we will do God's will. No one thwarts 
or resists the will of God. We just need to come on board and do it willingly and allow God to direct our paths. God is sovereign. God is providential. God sits on the throne in heaven and he reigns and he rules all of life. He really does hold the whole world in his hands. So if you would stand with me and you look on the screen behind me, we're going to sing a song a cappella. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's been probably a little while since we've sung this song, and I, I kind of tweaked a little bit some of these lyrics. Uh, if you go online, there's just tons and tons and tons of, uh, of these, but I kind of tweaked it maybe a little bit. So uh, instead of he's got the little bitty baby, I said little tiny baby. Anyway, you follow along, and I think we'll, be, we'll all be on the same page. We'll all be on the same page. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the sun and the rain. In his hands, he's got the moon and the stars. In his hands, he's got the wind and the clouds. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the rivers and the mountains. In his hands, he's got the oceans and the seas. In his hands, he's got my brothers and my sisters. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got everybody here. In his hands, he's got everybody here. In his hands, he's got everybody here. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. And Father, for that we're thankful. We're thankful, Lord, that we are in your control and in your hands. Help us to follow you, not run ahead, but help us, Lord, to move in your footsteps. As we move into our futures, may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so confused. 